Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is the Festivus for the rest of us, Mr. Shaheen Avandi! I like the idea of Festivus. Festivus. Happy, uh, what's today? Solstice? Uh, yesterday was Solstice. Is it yesterday or yep. today or is yep. it like midnight? Uh, well, it was, it was, I think it was last night. So I guess, ooh, that's technicality. Right. I think technically it was yesterday was the shortest day, the 21st. So we're, we're in that neighborhood. We're in that neighborhood. We're, we're, we're in that area. The, the Iranians celebrate. It's Yalda, which we celebrated oh. in my house. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is what is the association? So with Yalda? Yalda is an old uh, Syriac word that means birth, rebirth, and they celebrate Iranians, old Iranians, like old, 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 hundreds, thousands years ago. Um, they like to celebrate a lot of seasonal things, seasonal changes. Sure. So for us, the New Year starts in spring because you know that makes sense. Blooming. So yeah. for Yalda, the idea is that they're celebrating the summer or the winter solstice because the days get longer after that okay and so the rebirth has to do with the sun's sort of rebirth of coming back out for longer periods gotcha so yeah it's just another excuse to get together and eat basically it's the anapode to the new year right gotcha so there's a vocab word for you there you go anapode today's day is go again i'm waiting for you to say it again the anapode yeah which means it's the it's the counterweight it's the the inverse the inverse the antipode yeah the antithesis the uh fun name for our our friends down under is the antipodeans because they're like on the other side of the globe from the where the the water swirls the other way yeah just though i don't i don't remember like i feel like that could be like one of those (laughs) urban legends those myths that people say that it's like wrong where it's like (laughs) because i can't remember when i was when i've been down under like which way the water turns i don't even know which way the water turns here something you pay attention to I don't, yeah i think i think here it goes clockwise that's not a piece of knowledge that's really like doing anything in my life for can we me. get rennie real quick just call him and have him flush the toilet and let us know which way it's going <laughs> i think the simpsons did that <laughs> uh what have you been doing on two wheels sir let's just jump right into it no no farting around no farting around today we're going right into it i don't know well this could be this is gonna be like Holiday. This, is, this this is the holiday special. This is the last episode of the year. My plan is to actually edit the show on Christmas Eve. Woo. So it is Party. a holiday show to me. Merry, merry early Christmas. Merry early. Merry late uh, Hanukkah. Merry Still don't early know what Kwanzaa is. I sh- let's look that up because I, I, I screwed that up last time. Is that in the calendar? Booyah Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is the 26th. Oh, oh wow. shit. So that's We're early. That's like Boxing Day, right? Well, you know. Merry early Kwanzaa then. Yeah. Um, nothing really on two wheels for me. Uh, I ooh ooh. Mm. Today mm. I FaceTimed hashtag Team Man mm. at the shop. We um so you know you know my hard on for Street Fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like real close to pulling the trigger oh, on. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say you did it. No, because and here's why. There was a there was a wrench that was thrown in my little cog today. Was it the three hundred dollars left under your keyboard? Well, that definitely was. That was like down payment, basically. <laughs> that covers it, right? Uh, that covers everything. Uh, <laughs> that no, made a difference. it was. It was the. It was this clean, like pristine clean, two thousand and sixteen Monster twelve hundred R that showed up to our shop. Oh, don't tell me. That's that's luring you away. Yeah, a little really? bit. Really? Yeah. 
Huh. It's weird. I, I don't think huh. it should, but I, I like the R. I've always liked the R for some reason. Really? It's a little bit like it's got a little bit more of that je ne sais quoi that the twelve hundred didn't have. I mean, I, I, I liked I like what the R brought versus what the base model monster twelve hundred did or the right. S model. Like it, right. it was it's like a little the better bit tighter. Monster. It's a little bit it's a little bit a little more taut. But it's still a monster. Like like and I think that's what I like about it. Like the monster is not equal to the Street Fighter in my It mind. is not. It's, it's not even not, it's not even close. It's like a roadster it's compared a roadster. to a yeah. fire breather. It's a good roadster. It's I've always liked the monsters. My favorite, my personal favorite monster of all time is the S4RS mo- model. See, I wish I wish we had a video podcast. You can like I'm physically I know, squirming, you're, you're squirming with how, with how you uncomfortable, uncomfortable this is making me. This I know. is like, oh shit. And, and it meant again, I'm telling you, there are people who right now are like, what in the fuck is this guy saying? Forever on clean i love the i i capital l love the street fighter so much mm-hmm. but i've always wanted a monster i've never had a monster since the day they came out to the us in 94 i've always thought it was the coolest bike ever mm-hmm. I've, I've got this little soft spot in my heart and so in my head it's like well i could buy the monster and ride it for maybe like a year and then move on to the street fighter that way it can have best of both worlds so i facetime hashtag team man and I'm showing her this bike. She goes, that is not a Street Fighter. I'm like, well, first of all, proud of you for knowing what that is. Second of all, you're uh, you're right, 100%. It is not a Street Fighter. Um, what do you think? She's like, listen, you've done this before where you like buy a motorcycle that's not quite the bike you want because you're like, well, maybe this will scratch the itch. And then like three months later, we're talking about how you got rid of it and you bought the one you wanted. Why are we doing this? And it's like, yeah, I like when you talk sexy to me. <laughs> that was hot. <laughs> What do you say? <laughs> and it's funny. I even was like, well, babe, this will cost X mount less than the Street mm, Fighter for me. It'd be certainly a lot cheaper. Right? Like, like, it's enough of a delta where I'm like, this will bump it up for me just for now. And it'll help me scratch the itch, get to have a Monster R. It's got the full exhaust and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a nicely done bike. Somebody bought it, put a lot of money into it, and I was like, I'm done with this. And so I was like, I could buy it, enjoy it, sell it, maybe even make a dime on it, and then buy the Street Fighter. And she's like, you do you, boo. But I think you want a Street Fighter. And so not five seconds later, she sends me a text. Our, our mutual friend Q had put up a picture of a street fighter on there. And she was like, as if the universe was speaking nah. to you, here's a street fighter. I'm like, son of a bitch. All right. So the saga thickens with a monster R in the mix. It's so pretty. It's black. It needs gold wheels. Pretty much everything needs gold wheels, I think. I, I have never been like, a monster I mean, I just fan. watch you. I feel like your back hurts right now. I'm just, I'm just. Mm. You were walking on your seat the way somebody walks on their butt cheeks when the dentist is trying to extract the tooth mm-hmm. out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. You looked mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like. I mean, I, I mean, put whatever bike you want in your garage. Who am I? Who am I to judge? Who am I to I say? Mean, right. I'm sure we have plenty of listeners that have monster R's in their garage and they're like, "I bike smoking sick," and it it does not suck. Not even a little. It's just I've never been a monster fan. It, any of them any of them even, yeah. the, even the new one i'm like yeah it looks good it's probably like my favorite monster but like monster nah, it doesn't nah, it's a monster it doesn't do anything for me i think for those of us that are monster um i don't want to use the word fanatic there's probably plenty of monster fanatics out there i think if you're a monster affectionata that's the word i was looking for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is probably one of the cooler bikes in the monster spectrum because it was like they put really nice upgraded suspension on there the yeah. lighter wheels by far the know, sportiest yeah i don't know why didn't put quick shift on it but that's really the only thing it's missing mm-hmm. um so it's up there and the fact that it's available and it just sort of like popped up in my life i was like ah shit i really like this bike i've always wanted one but there's a street fighter right there 
And it's almost like, and I walked there. So I had in FaceTime and I walked from the service department to the, to the showroom floor where the black street fighter S is sitting there. And I'm like, so here's the street fighter. She goes, yeah. I mean, look at it. Question. Is there an issue of availability? Like, can you take that black street fighter off the floor right now and have it be yours? Or yes. is there a question of like, the monster's here now. I could have this now to get a street fighter, you know, because of the customer key or whatever. I have right. to wait X number of days. We, we have a street fighter available that i can grab okay um and it's not funny enough it's not my first choice it's a black one i would rather have a red one because i'm gonna paint it anyways um whereas the black ones it's good looking i just i'm i personally for my own use i don't love matte finished vehicles i find them to be more maintenance to keep it clean and look good um and i don't tend to baby my shit like it's gonna get written in the rain a couple of times and it's like uh, i'd rather have a nice like polished paint that i can just wipe clean but anyways all that to be said there is one available and i think in that same vein the monster is a little bit more special because they don't come around that often um the r's anyways not for us i don't see that many of them yeah that's fair i think out of the shop we may have sold like we don't sell that many half dozen for good reason so i don't know it's such a weird bike when it came out because it was that was when there was no street fighter in the ducati lineup right and they're really trying to make the monster, especially the Monster R, the Street Fighter in the lineup. Right. And it was like, I want to see off the top of my head, like 160 horsepower. Oh, yeah. Cody Kitty. Hang him out. Up, coming in Cody Kitty has had a really tough week. Uh, she might friend. smell a little bit. Sorry. I think you're just We're fine. working on it. She, she's she been. Well, now she's chilling here. She got yeah, her paws on me. hanging out. Yeah. Lean down next to me. Paws up. Trader. I'm into it. Very cute. Just don't bite me. <laughs> Thanks. uh yeah it was a weird bike because it was it's based on the monster chassis it's on the monster platform so it's mm -hmm. very very roadster in its what i like to say ethos yeah it's, like in its, its layout its feeling right uh and then they're like oh let's just give it some more horsepower and some go fast stuff and it'll be like a street fighter it'll be it'll be sporty yeah. and that'll be our our street fighter it's got the wider rear wheel with a 200 mil tire on it it's just yeah. like beefier monster and it was definitely better than the monster s like like i always struggled with the monster s because it was it was a bike that held you back from right. having fun right which is not especially how bikes should that be. specific era because remember right. they kind of gained weight and they had the wider body on them they just looked weird and they had like really bad ground clearance with yep. the foot pegs and like it was just it was very much a street bike right and i think that's always been my issue with the monster r it's like eh, it still had that street like they're trying to be like this could be a sporty canyon slash track bike mm -hmm. and i was like no nah, it's still kind of a street bike it's almost more like a diavel than it is a street fighter it's like a slim diavel yeah Maybe that's why i like it because i like the diavel too <laughs> i think you and i differ very vastly on this subject like to me when i see a monster i'm all like oh it's a monster whereas you're like nah, why yeah like it's yeah, a good no, bike. Totally. again you would never tell anyone like no nah, you're buying a bad bike but for you i don't think it's going to ever be in jensen bueller's garage no, no, you would never. Unless it's one. a test mule, but even then, uh, it's not like a uh, a bike I'm banging on Ducati's door to try to right, split that way. Right, right. Um, I do have one of those though. I've got a Pikes Peak Multistrada V4. Ooh, not downstairs, but down in California waiting Ugh. for me. Sorry, I'm gonna be riding that next week. Do you think you can just bring that up with you? No, we got a delivery it's and a pickup date. All son of a biscuit. Yeah, sorry. I all tried, right. you know, Delta with the baggage. Even with my status, I can't check a <laughs> Ducati. <laughs> but I'm excited to get on that bike and have... Um, like a proper ride. A proper ride. Like, I saw a couple reviews coming out, and I was kind of like, huh, I guess you got more out of that ride than I did. Um, 
So I'm, I'm excited to get a proper ride, put that bike through its paces. There's a chance I might be able to get a side-by-side with a normal Multistrada cool. V4S. I think that'd be a really, really good comparison. That's something I got to confirm because um, that's, I think that like, that's got to be a chunk of the review. Like, why would you get this over the S? 17-inch right. wheel versus 19-inch wheel. What Talk. are the tangible differences? Here? Yeah. Um, not going to be able to get it on the track, unfortunately. There's no track time to be found, but I'll see if I can scrape we'll some pegs. Find some, yeah, find some nice canyons and go. Yeah. Give it the what for. Yeah. Uh, so excited about that bike. Excited to get that review done and out of the way. We kind of talked about it last show, so a little bit of a teaser. Uh, other than that, just been taking care of that little puss in boots over there. This little, this little hairball. Literally like three nights, uh, three hours of sleep each night. So, Coda, quit fucking around. Kind of killing me, but she's on the mend. She's on the mend. I'm happy. What are you stressed about, Kat? You had everything. You got she, everything. She gets stressed when I leave. Oh, see, she got offended. She's like, "Fuck you." Well, all right. I mean, I'm just, I'm giving, I'm keeping it real with you, Kat. Prep Talk brought to you by Cat Talk. Oh man, if we get like a Perina sponsorship or something, <laughs> that'd be a science diet. Some real I don't money. Know. Get that cat money in here. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Um, but, 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 but we teased it last show, and I want to hit it now. Okay, Harley Davidson Livewire, which probably it's not really Harley Davidson anymore. Anyways, Harley Davidson is spinning Livewire out into its own company, and they're going to do an IPO wow. on the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, so I guess technically they already did spin it out as its own thing that's that's kind of old news but this new york stock exchange thing is um new and the way they're doing it is an interesting way uh it's an s pack which how do i i google it i mean <laughs> like honestly i don't want to like it's it's a pretty complex financial thing it's kind of similar to reverse merger which is another kind of complicated thing I only bring it up to say it's an interesting way that they are doing this and it's allowing them to take what is a private entity company asset to take it public hmm. and to have uh, a shell company set up that is a tool for investors to invest in that process. So there's um, uh, a group called AEA Investors and bridge fund management that okay. is uh an entity that's involved in this and they're going to end up with like what is it 17 percent ownership stake in livewire harley davidson has 74 and then kimco is going to have a four percent stake really in in the company through through this process and it sounds like livewire might be uh, doing kind of like a joint venture powertrain uh, supplier for kimco okay uh, so very interesting just just to see how Harley Davidson's propping up Livewire and letting Livewire be its own jam. And then there's some teasers of some future Livewire branded bikes down the line. That's interesting. So the Livewire will be the main brand and then the models will be whatever they are. Yeah. So what we knew as the Harley Davidson Livewire is now the Livewire 1. Okay. Not confusing at all. Mm-mm. And then um, I'm pretty sure these are like code names because there's like an S1 and an S3 and there's like a little flat track bike. There's like some scooter stuff. There's hmm. a bunch of different things that have kind of already been in the ether already around Harley Davidson, you know, with their electric lineup that they're just shoehorning now into Livewire. Do we know what the what the symbol for it is going to be? Oh, yeah. Uh, was it LVW? I LVW? Yeah, LVW. And they raised like almost half a billion dollars doing this. Sheesh. You know, it's interesting how they're how they're breaking it out. Uh, I'm sure there's some clever accountants and uh, attorneys who are like, this is a really great way for us to 
pay less taxes and do this thing and oh, I'm sure that's some that's some complex shit so <laughs> uh I, I i appreciate the game that they're playing you know that's some that's some high level game i'm curious to see what the stock price will be on that yeah i'm kind of it's not i mean i looked it up on on um robin hood and i don't see it there no i don't think it's done and done and no, done yet no um I don't know, Shaheen. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts? Harley Davidson electric motorcycles now Livewire electric motorcycles. Like, what do you, what's your barometer on like that being successful? What part? Just I don't know. Like, <sighs> Harley Davidson's an interesting company to me because, like, I just don't really see their future like i look into the crystal ball and i'm just like i don't know well i think and i think livewire is entangled in that i think that harley davidson as an old-fashioned american cruiser company probably can't stay the course in theory right but you know the real question is what percentage of vehicles in north america are going to be evs in mm -hmm. let's say five years mm -hmm. i don't think it's going to be 100 i think it's going to be closer to say 20 percent it's definitely going to be a bigger number than it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've done a couple of big, you know, dealer 20 type meetings where the conversation keeps coming up and we talk to other automotive manufacturer professionals and 20% seems to be the number that they're kind of talking about in the next five to 10 years. And that's in the car side. Yeah. And that's that's kind of in flux now too because we just saw the, the big spending bill that the Democrats right. are trying to do and that's getting scuttled. Not a lot of uh, electric vehicle incentives tied up in it. So- the reason I bring that up is, I mean, Harley-Davidson as a whole is still, even as a quote-unquote sinking ship, it's still one of the largest segments in the North American motorcycle market and the power sports market. It's a, it's a big, big shark in this water. So, you know, I can't necessarily just sit here and badmouth them and say, oh, I don't think they're going to be around. But it's interesting. I, I, I kind of enjoy watching them... Um, you know, have this new branch that they are clearly trying to sort of disassociate from the original core values of what Harley Davidson is, right? You take a motorcycle that doesn't necessarily have any real, you know, redesign in a hundred years, mm -hmm. little changes here and there, obviously to make it more modern, but ultimately it's still that good old motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, they've just barely cracked into like the full liquid cooling right. of an engine, right? Like it's all baby <laughs> steps, right? You don't want to, you don't want to hurt your buyers feelings you don't want to scare them you don't want to suddenly make them panic and you know uh ruffle their feathers so i can see why they moved it to this to its own thing and i think probably that's a smart thing i mean you and i have even talked about this we debated about <clears throat> is it better to have live wire in a harley davidson shop or have it be its own thing mm -hmm. and it's it's a you can look at both sides of it and say well if it's at a Harley shop, they have a larger audience. But if it's in a Harley shop, it's got the wrong audience. The wrong audience. Yeah. Whereas if it's in its own little live wire uh, shop and its own culture that they're trying to create, it's a much smaller audience, but it's probably going to hopefully create the correct audience for that segment, which is a growing segment. There is a lot more people that are more interested in the EV movement. Uh, and probably a lot of those people are younger buyers that are not interested in the idea of being first-hand pluters 
Mm -hmm. Like we don't know what it costs and what it takes and what it's taking for uh, raw material to make these things. And a lot of debate surrounds how you do that math. Exactly. So I think it's smart. I think it's a good idea as far as the retail side of things is concerned. I, I think that it creates a new avenue and a new segment and a new conversation that's probably involving people that would have not otherwise looked at a Harley Davidson at all. Just having on to that one IMS outdoor show, it was really interesting to see people really just constantly be running to that live wire truck. Hmm. They had, I think they had like a dozen plus bikes there and people were doing the test ride thing and there was definitely an interest there. So I think, I think overall it's a good idea. It's a, it's a gamble. No matter what you do, anytime you start a new business, it's a gamble anyways, right? So these guys are now saying, hey, okay, we've heard plenty of people bitch about how we're an old school company and we only do old school shit and we don't ever really change and we don't ever pro, you know, progress as a company. So here's our progression. But we need to probably, for good reason, separate it altogether from the quote-unquote core values of Harley-Davidson and create this whole new culture. And that's got to be a scary and frankly a, a you know a gamble so I, i'm i'm kind of i'm over here kind of smiling and smirking about the idea you that are. they're doing this ipo about it because it's like all right that's okay you guys are thinking outside the box would you put your money in it um would you pick up some shares probably okay i've been doing that i mean i've I've picked up some shares from lucid uh, which is a mm-hmm. like ultra luxury uh ev car company mm-hmm. um and that did well because it, mm-hmm. it came out and then... Yeah, they got an IPO. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if this does the same thing because the smartest thing Harley can do is create this and then use the Harley Davidson name to try and boost it. What are your thoughts on it? I think what you said about being in the Harley Davidson dealership, you get more exposure, but exposure to the wrong people. I think the thing that always trips me up with this is... Because it started underneath the Harley Davidson brand, I don't think I've made that switch right. to just, oh, this is now this. Because Livewire seemed important to me when it had a Harley Davidson badge on it. Well, because I think you thought that meant Harley Davidson's potentially going into a new direction. Well, it just, it just, it's the same thing with the bicycle thing. Like, you know, you, you know, I've talked about that. Like, and I think it's even right. m- more pertinent with the bicycle because there's nothing. There's nothing unique at all about what they're doing with their bicycles. No. They're just another bicycle company. Mm-hmm. They're just one of 10,000 bicycle companies that have an e-bike offering. Yeah. They're not making any of that drivetrain. Like, it's just, it's an it's a me-too business endeavor. It's, it's a very profitable one. There's yeah, it's a, seeing a, something that's popular and jumping on the bandwagon immediately. Yeah, there's a t- huge total available market there. Mm-hmm. But, like, not a terribly inspiring business plan and, like, when you had a Harley Davidson badge on it, okay, well that's that's the Harley Davidson e-bike. Like that right. That has something different that none of the other brands can do. But when you took the Harley Davidson badge off of it, now you're just one of thousands. And so I just kind of like, mm, good luck. Like I don't know. It's a double-edged sword. I don't know. And it's the same thing with the electric bike. Like I guess it it's because there's fewer electric motorcycle brands out there and there's mm-hmm. very even fewer that actually like have potential to get off the ground and i like just kind of realized like this whole podcast is going to be about electric yeah I, noticed, I, I was looking at the at the articles and this yeah, very like just EV buckle, heavy just buckle up um is there a drinking game for electric bikes but it could be huh. like gatorade because electrolytes <laughs> get it <laughs> get your electrolytes ready folks 
We got you drunk last time. We're going to get you hydrated help this you time. Out here. This, 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 this episode is good for the liver. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, having the Harley Davidson badge on an electric motorcycle makes it special, makes me have more faith in the brand. Because that's the biggest thing I think that a lot of electric motorcycle companies face, and we'll talk about one in a minute. It's like, okay, are these guys going to actually come to market? Are they actually going to build a bike? Is there actually going to be a, a a dealer network and support and like blah, 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 blah. Is this a company I would invest in? Right. And when you have like the Harley Davidson badge on it, you get a lot of street cred in that in that realm. Yeah. Maybe not street cred like this is going to be a good motorcycle. Well, at least there's a lot of history to back it up. Yeah. there's It's, I mean, we, we can say all we want about like Harley Davidson's business model and how they're kind of slowly dying, but this is a company that's going to be around for another 10 years for sure. Easily. Easily. Um, so I've always struggled with that transition in my mind from Harley Davidson Livewire to just Livewire 1. Let's call it like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so like if you told me, if you just like clean slated it and it's like, hey, Harley Davidson is going to back an electric motorcycle company and they're going to build a street bike and they're going to build some smaller bikes that look like flat track bikes and maybe they're going to do some e-bike stuff. Does that sound cool to you? Be like, yeah, that's that's a pretty cool business move. I feel like the, it's the history that kind of fucks me up on getting excited about it, which is maybe something I just have to get over. I don't think you're alone. You know, I think I think there are many different camps, right? There is going to be the Harley fanatic camp. There's going to be the I've watched Harley fuck up a lot of different brands camp. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be something in the middle that says, hey, this is a company that's got a lot of history and culture. They've been around for a long time, so maybe they've gotten this new direction that'll allow them to kind of branch out and have a new, um, doesn't have to be exciting. It's just a new branch. It's a new movement. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to conscientiously put myself in that band that says, I want to be hopeful to see a company that's been around for that long who has a lot of weight uh, that they can push around in this industry, do something that's to me exciting and that it's wholly new to them. When the live wire first came out, everybody was very excited about it. You and I were even sort of hopeful about it, but we kind of understood that it's essentially an overpriced, uh, let's call it a halo project that was going to spearhead this, you know, new movement for them. And it didn't necessarily do well. No. Right? It it looked awesome on paper initially, but then when it came out and it was $30,000 for a bike that you could go buy a a zero. You'll round say. up on the Harley Davidson price, but you round down on the Ducati price. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, $29,995 bike. Was it no, it was like 28 or something. 28, wasn't yeah. It? I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm trying to get taxes and everything kind of. That's what I said. <laughs> you give me crap for it. A man, do as I do, or do as I say, not as I do. Um, I, I would like to see this evolve into something bigger. My hope is that when something as big as Harley does it, the other companies go, okay, we're going to do it as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be that long before we start seeing the big four start doing something in this, in this segment. Um, I think it's scary. I think the, I think the technology is probably still to this day, not quite there. It's getting there slowly. And there's probably a lot that the motorcycle, the motorsport, power sport, I guess, uh, industry can learn from the automotive side. And luckily, the automotive side has so much money that they're investing into it that it'll sort of trickle down probably. 
to our side of it. Because in my head, I have a hard time equating a value in, let's say, a $24,000 bike even, and it only having a 100 mile or less range on there. Yeah. It, it, it makes it hard for me because as a regular old guy right now that just wants to go buy a motorcycle, for $24,000, I can go buy a any number of really high-end motorcycles that will go for 150 to 200 miles and take me... 30 seconds to fill up. I don't have to sit around for an hour and a half, two hours on a fast charger just to get it to 85%. So there's this weird disconnect between value and and sort of taking a chance on it and um, you know being excited about it. I, I, I'm excited about it. I love the EV concept. I think it's really, really neat. I would like to uh, buy another electric car in the near future. And I'm sort of waiting to see what is next. And if the motorcycle industry starts falling in line with that, I would I would probably be into it. We're probably going to talk about the Ducati, you know, moto e bike at some point again. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can actually drink if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> but that kind of shows you, right? Like everybody's starting to get into this thing that is probably an inevitability. Yeah, I mean. That's that's what's so interesting for me about it. Just to clarify, the live wire one's twenty two thousand dollars. So oh, I thought so. I thought they had gone down to twenty four thousand on it. Oh, uh, they went from just under thirty. I think it was twenty nine seven nine nine. Okay, now it's twenty one nine 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 under the live wire brand. Okay, for the one, which is an interesting price. Like Th- that is an interesting that, price. If they came that out, pushes of that it price, in front of the SRF or SRS for me, right? Like that. And there's 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 plus and minuses. I think between this and the zero, like. I didn't love the live wire when I wrote it, especially the throttle connection. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's too cruisery where you're like rubber banding it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of pluses about that bike. Heavy, heavy, yep. not a lot of suspension, heavy, bad throttle connection. The rest of it's pretty good though. And the DC fast charging, I feel like is a smart way of doing it. I think so too. Uh, I don't need to re-review the live wire, but like, it's not a bad bike. Not a great bike. Not a bad bike. Kind of an okay bike. What's interesting for me, and like Harley Davidson's done this, and Volvo did this with um, the Polestar. The Polestar. Yep. And I see other brands not doing this, where it's like, okay, like look, look, in the, look in the time machine, right? Look at the crystal ball 10, 20 years from now. Are we making gas bikes or electric bikes? And now, like, so like Harley Davidson has set them up that their future is not in the Harley Davidson brand, it's in the Livewire brand. Right. Which is, interesting and i think i just figured out why they did what they did go ahead no because that's the thing it's like yeah i think i think in a way this is harley davidson acknowledging like harley davidson as a brand will only die it can only die in the future because gas bikes are going away harley davidson is intrinsically heritage based right maybe they can find some life with the pan america and the sportster s and maybe some other models that are not so hardcore in the dresser, bagger, turrer, cruiser, chopper, bobber. But isn't it weird thing. the idea that Harley Davidson as a brand will die and Livewire will live on? I mean, Volvo has pushed out the Polestars, which if you look at them are Volvos. They're Volvos. With just a Polestar badge on them. But meanwhile, Mercedes-Benz is advertising a ton of Mercedes-Benz products. Right. And like uh, the AQS just came out from uh, uh, e- EQS, sorry, from EQS. AMG. Yeah. Uh, so they have all these, they, they have a a handful of EQ vehicles. There's the S, the E, the I think the you know mm-hmm. C and G, whatever. So they're doing that. And and 
it's interesting that you bring this up because it's making me, I've, I've been questioning, why did Volvo do this? Why, why are you sort of pushing away your original cult, you know, brand, this, this heritage and this culture that you created for years and years and years and say, no, 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 this is the Polestar. Is it because you're afraid of, of it failing and, and you don't want it to kill your main brand? There's nothing about the Volvo name too that prevents you from being an EV brand. Right. Like when you think about like the the Volvo name, at least in America, like it's all about like station wagons, super safe cars, right. Swedish, kind of boxy. Yeah. It's not like Harley where it's like think about the Harley Davidson, like, well, heritage, it's like the same. It's like air-cooled V-twin, like it can only be bikes that were made like a hundred years ago, which is like the antithesis of what EVs are in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I get I get that spin out. And just to complete my thought, like, I think why you take Livewire out is so, like, yeah, the Harley-Davidson brand might die, but Harley-Davidson, the company, with its investment through Livewire, right. that 74% stake or whatever it was, lives on. That thrives. And then they've got the financing arm. They've got the apparel yeah. arm. and the, 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 just the regular old dude that's sitting in front of you here, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that they would basically give up one limb to grow another i think the more i chew on this more i think about it like i gotta write a story about this now but so i I appreciate the inspiration it makes sense to me though because what do you what do you do what do you do with the harley davidson brand how do you fix harley davidson yeah and how do you fix harley davidson that wasn't what they were doing before when they created livewire and and announced the pan america and announced the what were they calling it? the the bronx the bronx other, yeah the street fighter yeah the bronx you know because that was that's the other plan you know when they were under um crap what was his name uh levitich mm-hmm. that was that was the the solution it was like well we can't just keep being a cruiser brand we're going to be an all bike brand okay well you know zeitz comes in and says well hell with that your only other option is to be like well, well harley davidson keep making harley davidson's but harley davidson motor company needs to find other things to keep you know making the profit and investing in the future right it's like um the titanic is sinking (laughs) but you have enough time that you can actually like you know get all the chairs and all the all the other wood and build all these other rafts around yeah and build a bunch of other rafts so (laughs) everyone can get off the ship before it sinks in time except for you jack you don't fit on the door the the door just was way too small way too small and it's interesting to me, like Volvo, they make electric cars under the Volvo name. Well, no, they make plug-in hybrids. Plug-in hybrids, okay. In fact, no, there's a pure electric C40 recharge. Oh, really? I thought that was a plug-in hybrid. XC40 recharge, and then they've got a bunch of plug-in hybrids. Sorry, I don't know the Volvo lineup well enough. I'm just on their website right now. So that's interesting. And then they've got yeah. like Polestar. At least Polestar was a brand that already existed, and there's kind of a heritage well, of like but Polestar that's our, was like. Polestar was their was their AMG. That was yeah. their, you know, sportier, racy brand. Mm-hmm. Which I've always actually sort of had a hard on for. I, I've I've loved the Polestar uh, edition, you know, wagons that they have. Mm-hmm. But even that's not called the Polestar anymore. They've taken the Polestar name away from Volvo altogether. It is yeah. just its own thing. I don't think Polestar was really ever a big seller, though. Like I feel like that's a transition that like yeah a lot of car nerds wouldn't like but i honestly didn't know about the polestar history until the electric fairly vehicle. new it's not that old yeah i mean at least as it pertains to volvo uh you know motor company yeah that's interesting i don't know 
it's I mean, every brand in the autom well, maybe every close to every brand in the automotive industry has a performance sub brand. Or uh, at least a trim level. Or, that's yeah, like or, or 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 a luxury sub brand, yeah. right? Nissan had Infinity or has Toyota's got Lexus, but Mercedes has the AMG line and BMW has the M line and Volvo was creating the Polestar line to be their performance luxury lineup. Um, and it was kind of neat to watch it kind of grow and become its own thing. It's got its own crew, its own everything. Our dear friend Dan Trotty always uh, brings one up around here. He, he's one of their fleet managers, I think. And I've had a chance to be in the Polestar 2, and he gave me a ride in the 1. They're beautiful. They're really, really neat. But it's a Volvo. It's It really looks and feels like a Volvo. Yeah. I've been in one. They're not bad. No. Yeah. I get excited about it. So it's it's interesting to see if the motorcycle is the motorcycle industry doing the same thing. Is this is Livewire going to be the Lexus to Harley's Toyota? I feel like they're going to be the Polestar to their Volvo. I don't know, man. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Like that's the thing for me is like I don't. Do they have to name it Polestar? I mean, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's. I've never had it explained to me clearly, and I've never seen Harley Davidson explain it themselves clearly in what the plan actually is. Like, talk about like the rebadge, the rebirth. I forget yeah. what they, they keep recalling it, like weird things. The rewire, the hardwire, the, the do it yourself wire. <laughs> and I've never, like, outside of like the business school, like, bullshit bingo speak that those have been framed in, right? Never been like, okay, so Just we guys. Marketing jargon. Yeah. What are you guys actually doing? What is actually the plan i know i wish i was in that board meeting <sighs> who was like who, who sure, said it pretty you sure know? i'm glad i'm not who was the person that came out and said hey let's just completely completely just disassociate from this now from having worked in the retail side of harley i can almost see why they did that because again i'll go back to the project rushmore bikes mm -hmm. in 2014 mm -hmm. when they came out and it was i mean we've said this multiple times in the show it was it was so interesting to watch the reaction from, I would say, 50% of the buyers who said, no, fuck this. If I wanted a Japanese bike, I'd buy a Japanese bike because, holy moly, it suddenly has some curves and there's a chance of it being liquid-cooled. And, oh, you're taking away the heritage of the motorcycle. And let me, I mean, I'm, I understand heritage. Um, I, I wish I could remember what Asphalt and Rubber article <laughs> somebody made a comment on, but I think the saying was something along the lines of like, um, something in the vein of destructive nostalgia or something like that. Mm. And the idea behind it being you're so busy fantasizing about the nostalgia of what was that the idea of progression and change just boils your blood. You know, case in point, the monster, the Ducati monster. Or in this in this Harley Davidson conversation, the Project Rushmore, or dare I say, the Pan America. Now, the Pan America made a lot of people go, "Ooh, this is exciting!" Because now we can go and ride with the BMW people, mm -hmm. or at least pretend. Um, and I'm not saying the bike's not capable. I'm saying the people, the riders are, yeah, the riders are. <laughs> um, so, you know, I can see why they wanted this associate because maybe there is a conversation in the boardroom that said, "Hey, if we change it and we suddenly want to go full tilt." you know, different direction with the Harley Davidson brand as a motorcycle brand, then it's probably going to create this crazy uproar that might hurt us. 
But in my head, there's also the question of, well, I mean, but what if you just did it anyways and you end up shedding the old writers and gaining new writers? Is it is the loss going to be, you know, far heavier than the gain? I feel like people that maybe are smarter than you and I had this conversation and said yes. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at Harley Davidson's stock price for the last year, twelve months, and it. I mean, I, honestly, over the last twelve months, it really hasn't changed. It, it's it's pretty much where where it was. It, it did kind of an up, and then it did a back down. And that's interesting to me because you look at like the market as a whole, like the market, the motorcycle industry right now in America, booming. Mm-hmm. Dealers can't keep bikes in. Mm-mm. Uh, stock market in general booming mm-hmm. and so to see like harley davidson going negative while like the whole entire industry it's in and like the stock market in general the economy in general is going up it's just like okay interesting mm-hmm. interesting yeah if you look at it black and white like that it's definitely a, a stark writing on the wall yeah they're like two dollars a share lower than they were 12 months ago i i don't I think this is the thing that I always come back to with Harley Davidson, where I'm just like, I just don't see the plan. And because I don't see the plan, I don't have the faith. And because I don't have the faith, I'm not taking them seriously, I guess. Like, like I want to take Livewire really seriously because it's got Harley Davidson behind it. It's got Kingco behind it. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm just still kind of sitting there going like. <sighs> well, I mean, that's, I think as a, as a. Never mind even as a journalist, but just as a fellow motorcyclist, it's our job to kind of make it, you know, it's not, it's not our job. I think it's it's natural for us to question it because we've watched what's happened when Harley Davidson did something non-Harley. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't always been a happy ending. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, look at it bigger than harley davidson and just look at like electric motorcycles mm-hmm. like it's an interesting time for electric motorcycles because we're going to talk about the ducati moto e in a second and i've had that conversation with claudia where he's like and he even says it when this bike was coming out like battery technology not really there yet right. for motorcycles we're really focusing on like the inverters and the motor technology and when the batteries catch up we'll be ready for it right and so like their moto e project is kind of like more like keeping a finger on the pulse than it is to develop a new bike although i do suspect at the end of that contract we'll see some sort of track bike super bike race bike thing from them oh yeah but like that's the the thing like like you you can only do so much with battery technology right now like in a way like live wire feels too soon because while electric batteries make a lot of sense on a car platform still don't make a ton of sense in certain motorcycle applications Mm -hmm. make a lot of sense like on a scooter Short range, low dirt horsepower, bike. dirt bike. I think there's some arguments there. Like mm-hmm. Alta was pretty close, I think, to cracking that nut. I want to talk to you about the Stark Varg in a second. Mm-hmm. That's that's another bike that kind of looks like where Alta, uh, you know, stopped and they're picking up the baton. Right. Um, but it's still one of those things where it's like not quite there. And that's always been the thing that's been interesting to me for with Zero, because they've been at this for like. I mean, technically they've been at this for like almost 15 years if mm. you go back to like the early early days yeah but as like a proper motorcycle company let's call it uh 10 years like they're 10 years too early like we're still sitting here going like i don't know if it's time yet but they're 10 years too early and they've had the the stain power to stay with it this right long. 
and that might just pay off enough for them that like the next battery technology drops next year and like now it makes sense for motorcycles because the power density is like three times greater but i don't know man like i do think the future is electric that future isn't today yeah and that's the part that's like I think we're all just trying to read the tea leaves and figure out when when the time is right. What do you think these companies are kind of getting into it now? Is it is it a obligation to the EPA? Not the EPA per se. I think there's there's one there's a lot of there's a lot of push in the automotive industry to electrify. Yep. And that is um some countries are taking the greenhouse gases and CO2 accords, the Paris accords and all that more seriously than say like the United States, especially mm-hmm. in Europe. And that's that's pushing an agenda. There's there's a political push. There's a, a financial incentive to do certain things that the manufacturers are following. There's a marketing incentive. There's a generation of buyers that are more climate focused than let's say the previous generation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really interesting. I don't want to sidetrack the conversation too much with this, but it was really interesting to me that the MIC wrote an open letter about a week ago talking about how the motorcycle the, the mic is the motorcycle industry council they're the trade group that's responsible right where the i won't say the uh motorcycle industry uh, co- collaborates and is in cahoots with each other but it's where they organize as a single entity to promote motorcycles. it's the closest version of collaboration yeah then. it's as close as like <laughs> you're gonna get to opec for the motorcycle industry um i don't think there's any price fixing but there's definitely some strategery <laughs> strategery but it was interesting they sent out a letter saying you know, like basically open letter, like, hey, the future buyer of motorcycles is not the buyer of today. The diff- There's a new generation coming. They don't look like us. They don't have values, the same values that we do. And it's time for us to evolve. And mm-hmm. of course, the irony is it's, you know, signed by, you know, a dozen white dudes that are over 60. And then they say, like, if you have interest, email the one woman that's on this council. <laughs> like, eh, that's interesting. Um you know, so it's kind of funny to see, like, you know, granddad, like, telling you what to do, like, telling you to be woke, <laughs> uh, when it's one of, probably one of the most, like, homogenous uh, uh, groups in, in the industry. But, you know, it's something you and I have been talking about since the start of this podcast. It's something I've been writing about for, for like, a decade. Like, it's not, it's not a new concept, but it's interesting that they're at least now switching on to it. Because if they get it, then, like, it's really permeated. Right. Finally. And... I think that's that's a huge part of of why we're seeing some stuff change because it's it is buyers being more focused about where their stuff comes from. Um, I think on the motorcycle side and why we're seeing it, it's some of that's the pressure. Some of that though, I do think uh, solid state batteries do look like a technology that will make sense for electric motorcycles. Solid state battery yes. motorcycles. We'll start having the power and range density. It'll be lighter, have needed. higher power and range. Yeah, you'll start charging. seeing that apples to apples. Like, well, it costs about a, a little bit more maybe than a gas bike or the same, but it has like the same range right. and it has the same power and I can charge it, you know, fastly, 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 <laughs> fastly. <laughs> <laughs> I can charge it quickly on a, on a, you know, level three charger, blah, 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 blah. There's more of those out now mm-hmm. like that. And that technology seems to be three five years away it's, it's right around the corner you know like we're just kind of like every major auto manufacturer is playing with a version of those batteries mm-hmm. in a test mill right now that's how close it is and so i think there's a little bit of like the motorcycle manufacturers can feel that like okay that's 
almost there. That is almost a technology because no one's building stuff in house. So that's almost a technology that I am as a automotive manufacturer capable of buying. And so now I have to get ready for it. And I think that's that's Ducati's play. I think that's KTM's been waiting for that day for a long mm-hmm. time. I think Livewire will take advantage of that. Um, and once that drops and it's proven, I think you're going to see a lot more established OEMs get into the mix. Uh, you know, probably starting out with small displacement replacements. Like we've seen that with KTM Husqvarna. Mm-hmm. They have a 50, a 50 cc electric replacement. I think they have a 100 cc electric replacement now too. Mm. You know, they're, they're kind of growing that lineup, their dirt bike lineup from the bottom up. And as the technology gets better and better, it it makes the next jump into the next, you know, tier. You know, they'll probably have a 200cc equivalent soon and then a 350 and so on and so forth. Um, but I don't think any of them are really motivated to take the lead on it. No, I mean, it's on the motorcycle side, it just is such a scary investment. They have less money and less um i think less logistics in, in in every way possible for it but i think you're right it's, it makes me it makes me think that this is more of a marketing thing than an actual push towards the future because the future is going to have different technology mm-hmm. and that future is not that far ahead like we're, you know 3 to four, 5 years is going to be a little bit different so i'm wondering if you know some of this marketing uh, jargon that they're using now is just to sort of normalize the idea of electric when it becomes more mainstream in say five years because mm-hmm. now it's it's as it is in north america anyway motorcycles are as we've said one of the most expensive uh fashion statements more or less sure. that most of us buy right so taking like a niche and a niche and a niche is this electric thing which is you know another statement that you're making saying i am making a concerted effort to have a less negative impact in my gen in my immediate surroundings with this quieter cleaner vehicle you know it's interesting you say that because like the second i hear that i think about everyone that bought like a prius right like and they're holier than thou oh yeah like i'm saving the planet (laughs) yeah even though these rare earth metals that'd be dug out of some right chinese mine where you know the platinum that's in their freaking uh catalytic catalytic conversion gets stolen left and right here in portland um you know and and thinking about like there is a generation that that is going to hang their environmental credential on the vehicles that they own right and a motorcycle could very well be a part of it and i think that's that's the opportunity that that brands can tap into mm-hmm. um and you know and that's what gets my brain split when you say marketing so i kind of want to pivot now and talk about the ducati moto e prototype which Speaking we just saw and they're doing a bit of marketing with it i did not expect to see this bike so soon i didn't either I legitimately thought like this was like some scribbles on a piece of paper and (laughs) we would see this bike in like, I don't know, a year's time. I agree. When I saw the first photo of it on Instagram, I thought it was a, like a rendering. Mm -hmm. And then I saw, uh, oh, it's everywhere. Okay. It's actually, it's actually actually got McKelly Pirro on it. Uncle Claudio's for real. Uh, Uncle Claudio is a sandbagging son of a bitch is what he is. No kidding, man. He played you um well i mean yes uh <laughs> touche monsieur claudio but he hasn't he hasn't not said anything he hasn't been did i just screw that up 
I mean, he's still saying like, you know, it's not, it's not time yet. It's not time yet, but we need to be ready for when it is. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes sense. But like, I look at this bike, like this is, this is a serious bike. This, you know, like we don't have any specs in terms of power or weight, which would be huge. Um, Question is, I wonder if Ducati or Volkswagen Group is helping with the power, or is this going to be a separate company that's making the power plant that is going to be used throughout the Moto E community? Good question. I mean, I, I know nothing. I, I know this. The brands that are going to be successful, or there's going to be a turning point where like you have to develop this technology at, right. at some point. Oh, yeah. A lot of brands are getting away with buying the technology. And that's why, like, truthfully, why Zero is like still in business. They're mm-hmm. able to sell a lot of their powertrains to other parties because they've they've done it. You know, there's other off the shelf stuff that you can get, and it's it's good. But like, if you want great, you got to make your own. So right. I don't know if Ducati is just buying components and threw it into this bike, and this is like a learning platform. And next year, because what are they calling this? It's called the uh, V21L or something. V21L. Yeah. So is there a V22L next year? That's like an evolution <laughs> of this, or a V3, or um, no, I have no idea what the V21L stands bl- for. <laughs> I want to believe that the engine is actually in a V2 uh, formation. The, the, the battery pack. The battery pack's <laughs> actually like an L twin, ninety degree L twin, or something. <laughs> Did you say L twin? Shame on you. Hey man, it's ninety degrees as an L. Ducati Maybe it's a V twenty one L. I don't know. Ooh. V twenty one. But yeah, you know, I don't I don't know how much of this is in house. I don't know how much of the is is off the shelf. I don't know what their plan is. You know, like they're they're very tight lipped about this, which is interesting. Um you look at what we can see, it's got a, a very uh uh sophisticated looking underbraced double sided swing arm it's got a lot of carbon fiber body parts it's, uh, got, it's not a single sided swing arm so is it really a ducati dice <laughs> <laughs> we'll never not do that uh, the the chassis looks very interesting from what little pieces we can see right um so like you know like this is this is not a bike that they built in the last whatever it was month or two no this is clearly this is, a work in progress this has been, been around for a while oh yeah um so that's interesting uh this looks like a bike that was probably ready before the uh the contract was signed or at least announced <laughs> uh so that's interesting um and and they are pushing it pretty hard on the marketing front and yeah, i think you could legitimately say like there's a certain amount of marketing going on here oh yeah but like i've gotten to ride the energica ego corsa the moto mm-hmm. e-bike before this I guess technically still the current Moto E race bike. And it's really good. My only complaint is it's so freaking heavy. You know, you it's it gets rid of some of its weight in the turns, but man, when you're on the brakes, you, you feel notice. like it feels like a fucking Goldwing on the oh, brakes. Yeah. And it's got the world superbike, you know, Moto GP spec crazy <laughs> Brembos and suspension and Yeah, that, that that 120 front tire is working. Yeah, it's working out. It's working out <laughs> real hard. And so like but I still sat there and I was like, man, if you guys could sell this as a track bike for 40 grand, I would probably look at that before I would look at a Ducati V4R. And I, and I look at this and I'll go like, if this is lighter and more powerful, hello, I would I would look at that before a V4R for uh-huh. a track bike because it's it's different and it's interesting and it does work for that use case. Like yeah, if it's you purpose can, built. If you've got an electric outlet, electrical outlet at the track that's good good enough for RVs, you can charge this enough in between sessions mm-hmm. that you can go all day on it. Um, so it's intriguing to me that on the production, the production potential, I guess is what I'm trying to say. How does it sit with you as a dealer? How does it sit with you as a Ducatisti? It's been an interesting, uh, conversation piece to say the least. The marketing aspect is working. 
Do you get people coming into your dealership talking about this bike? We've had several people ask, hey, is this going to be a thing? So interests are peaked. You're seeing these, you know, ears perk up and mm. say, hey, wow, so if Ducati's going to do something like this, that means I don't have to go look at, say, a Zero or a Livewire or an Energica for that matter. Because you're going to have, no matter what brand you have, you're going to have the brand fanatics and they would rather stay with that brand through whatever you know whatever the next iteration of the thing is mm -hmm. right these are these aren't the people that call things like trellis frames and single-sided swing arms quote-unquote sacred cows like they just want to see what's next mm -hmm. and it's exciting for them to have that so when we have these conversations i mean we only know as much as our a and our pro subscription will tell us essentially oh this is a free article well, this is a free article. Maybe yeah. I'll dive into it with the pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that article you're going to write about Harley Davidson is going to be on pro. That's a pro for sure. For sure. So thank you for signing up, by the way, everyone that signed up. This has been a gangbusters month. I really appreciate oh, it. Yeah, nice. You yeah. can finally buy a chopped cheese sandwich. Oh, that sounds so good. I haven't had dinner yet. I haven't either. And I told hashtag team Ann just a second ago and via text, she's like, I get some ready for you. I was like, I was going to say I want to pick up a sandwich. Read between the lines, woman. You don't got a <laughs> refrigerator in that house? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, she's trying to help me be healthy. I've been doing a lot of rowing and not doing eating chopped cheese sandwiches. Looking good. Yeah, hey, I appreciate it. It needs to work a little bit more. I got to do a little work, too. We're going to work right. on ourselves yeah, this offseason. I got a date with this bad boy tonight. <laughs> that that thing is legit. That that rowing machine has been kicking my fucking fat ass. Yeah, you're doing it. It's 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 a long climb, but you're Our doing Our friend it. Jonas, who has a pension for digging just deeper than anyone I've ever met on these machines. Keep sending me videos of how to do it. And every time I follow one of these videos, I'm like, why do I want to vomit? No, Jonas is full of bad ideas. You need to just, stop. Just, need just to stop following him. Jonas, stick to buying me burgers. Full man. of bad ideas. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I think this, the marketing that they're doing with something like this works as it did with the live wire, as it did with the desert X that's coming out uh or any other bike that they kind of tease you with this is a hot topic it's going to be a hot topic especially when you look on the you know broad spectrum of just automotive in general between cars and motorcycles it's something everybody's talking about everyone's using the words it's the next thing it's the next step so when we see ducati suddenly come out and say oh yeah by 2023 this thing's gonna be on the track mm -hmm. dude that's next year like a week from now it's 2022 mm-hmm that's bonkers to me. So I agree with you that this isn't something they just start working on the last month. This shit's been going on for a minute. It's very interesting to me. I like it. I feel like this is a big step for them. I uh, think so too. Uh, I'm curious to see where they go with it. I, I personally, like, like I, I was legit when I said, like, I would rather have this. Like, I don't know what the specs is on that, but let's assume it's pretty good. Yeah. I would rather have something like this than a Panigale V4 because yeah. it's just different. It's cool. I really enjoy riding electric motorcycles. I think there's a really big upside to it. We are very fortunate that we are also have a home racetrack that has power outlets all over yes. the damn place. Yes. Um, so maybe that skews my my perception. But well, things like this are probably going to change a lot of tracks to say, oh yeah, we got to start. <laughs> I really well, see, I like the idea of an electric track bike. You know, and, that, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Like like I could do track days at Laguna Seca, and uh -huh. no one would say boo. And I don't really want to ride a Panigale V4 on the street. I'm just not going to. No. Riding superbikes on the street sucks. It sucks. So like having just like a track bike that like and an electric makes sense as a track bike. Mm -hmm. You can charge it in between sessions. You can do the whole the whole empanada. Empanada. Enchilada. Enchilada. Torta. Oh, burrito. Man. We are hungry. The burrito cart. They raised their prices, by the way. What? Yeah. They're not doing the cash deal anymore either. 
No more six dollar burrito. No more six dollar burrito. Eight dollar burrito now. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Um, I hear you. So there's that. I agree with you. I think, especially for track purposes, and you know, there's no way of telling what this bike's going to be doing in a year plus. But chances are it's going to be pretty competitive and pretty uh, potent. And if I had the option between this and, say, a Panigale V4R for a track tool, I would be looking at this real seriously, especially if they're priced similarly. I don't think Ducati's going to bring one of these out and say, here's a $100,000 bike. Now, what I would like to see is the next Superleggera being something like this. Make me a Superleggera electric bike. Make that fucker weigh 400 pounds. You notice this is all carbon fiber. I know. I look at I, I hadn't thought of that idea until it left your mouth and I love it. Yeah. You you grinned at me. If this was video, people would see it. You had the opposite reaction of when I talked about buying a monster twelve hundred R. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you hear me come here with a very loud twin, it's probably a monster twelve hundred R. I think it's got a big old exhaust on it. I'll be disappointed in you, but I'll understand. <laughs> I'll let you write it. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited where this, to see this where this takes the brand. Uh, I'm ex- excited to see, hopefully, Ducati pushing the Moto E series a little bit further along. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's all good things in my book, you know? Um, and with that, I want to go and talk to you about... Let's talk about dirt. Getting dirty with the Stark Varg. I, okay, the name's a little whatever, but it's, it's, very, it's very Swedish. It's very Swedish. Stark Varg. Go and get on the Stark Varg and go and go ride on the, the motocross track. Listen, your Swedish sounds a little bit... It's a little... I don't... I'm not Dakota-y. from the other country. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you didn't go Russian. Um, <laughs> it just got like like one more sentence and that's like... <laughs> you will ride this bike. <laughs> and then the bike the rides you on like snow. a Russian winter like, in, in like Sweden. a babushka. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. Make sense. Soviet Russia electric bike ride you. This bike, this bike literally feels like Alta 2.0. Alta 2.0. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of where the MXR left off yep. in terms of specs. I mean, their horsepower ratings are insane. So this is this is so I haven't had. Are these real horses or like geared horses? No, no, no. So that's the torque. They're they're like it's 940 newton meters at the wheel, and you're like, <laughs> no one rates torque like that. <laughs> Stop being so European like, all the no, time. Like with the gear reductions and the wheel size and the sprocket size, like that's not how we rate torque. That's a great number that you can put down and and talk about. Like I forget, like I think my Kramer puts down like a thousand newton meters at the wheel if you want to do that <laughs> bullshit. Um, there are two numbers about this bike that really interest me. Yes. A is the weight. Yes. B is the price. The price is pretty. Both of them are impressive. I think all the numbers are impressive. Like when you want to talk about like what's the the jam on getting people to buy electric it's this it's 80 horsepower which what is the fuck 80 horsepower like you can't even i mean a 690 uh supermoto 690 it's enduro like is ish is gonna be called they're quote cool. i think ktm's calling it 70 oh okay you can do some work and make that 80 my kramer is living proof right. um 242 is freaking light that's light if that you know that's lighter than the alta it's lighter than the Alta by a good chunk of weight. Like 30-ish pounds? I was going to say 20, but yeah, sure. Whew. It's in the range. Rounding up over here. Um, the the price the price is right. Now, granted, this bike is coming out in early 2023, they say. Mm-hmm. It's an early startup. There's no dealerships. There's no nothing. I don't know. They're calling it a six-kilowatt-hour battery pack. I don't know if that's total you know, theoretical capacity or if that's nominal. 
Uh, the 80 horsepower, is that a continuous power or is that a peak power? Right. In motocross application, less important between those two than it is what in a street range application. going to have, right? Like, the range is going to be, if it's got more power than an Alta and it's got about the same size battery pack, maybe possibly even smaller, it's going to have you know the same range as an Alta, which was decent for trail woods riding. I, mean, you, I, I remember riding you, my Alta for thir- three hours. And it's still at a half of charge left. Yeah. In our tight woods setup that we have here in Oregon. Yeah. At least out on the west side. Uh yeah, you're you're gonna be fine. Yeah, if you're wide open throttle. If you're racing, they're saying if you could do you can do like one and a half MX GPs per charge, which is a very European way of measuring that. <laughs> um but which they're, track. What they're basically saying is like you could do a moto, charge it, go do another moto, no problem. You could you could race okay. this, no problem. Um and that's one of those places where like it kind of makes sense. So available with an 18 inch or 19 inch rear wheel. Fascinating. Kickstand's a hundred dollar optional item. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's just kind of funny. It's just funny that like that's where they're gonna nickel dime you on a kickstand. Yeah. Um, and it's a hundred bucks apparently, which is what the fuck are they making that quick that kickstand out of? But it's aluminium. It looks the business. It does. Uh it looks good. Um especially in that red. It's so striking. It's it's definitely getting uh, turning some heads, I would say. In uh, the, I am, uh, I am road sector. heavily interested in this bike for myself. Uh, who did I see that just plopped down? Someone sent me a message that they plopped down their money for a deposit. Like, there's a part of me. It's like, hey, let's talk about putting you guys in my dealership because that's really cool. Oh, really? That's fucking like oh, really. I this is exciting. Touch. I know one of the guys on this team. This is I exciting. To touch. Me. This is super cool. Um. It's interesting. See, again, we're talking about, you know, the, sort of the future, this inevitable future, this movement towards electric. I think this is a far more viable and realistic and tangible product right now. Yes. This this is more tangible than what Ducati's doing and then what Livewire is doing with yeah, the Livewire. I think we're going to see Ducati's product on street side maybe in like say 5 years. Now, maybe Claudia will surprise the fuck out of us, but I think 5 years. That sounds right. And that, that seems in line, too, with where, like, five years from now, they're going to be pretty much winding up their Moto E contract. Like 2028. Yeah. That's not even a real number. Yeah. Thereabouts. And, and by then, hopefully, the solid-state battery is, is the thing. Right. We're doing the thing. This is, yeah, I think you're right. This is something you could ride right now, and, and for the use case of it, would make sense. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of... The problem is, is there's there's so many brands that have come before them and and given weird specs like this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, that like it makes me kind of like, are you guys really, are you guys really doing the thing, or are you just kind of faking doing the? I thing? mean, if they do the thing like um, our friends at Alta did and really hit the circuit and push this thing to be ridden by everybody and get journalists on it and writers on there and get the hubbub going, that's what's going to be. Especially for dirt bike people, they yeah. want to see proof. Yeah. Because, like I said, on this article that you put down, the numbers are super interesting. They look good. 80 Thir- horsepower, 242 uh, pounds. The 80 horsepower version, 12,900 USD. 13,000 for an 80 horsepower dirt bike. A KTM 350 costs 11 grand. What's the, uh, I, I, in my story, I put the 450 in there, and that's like 10,003. But yeah. if you're looking at, horsepower numbers it it's what's the uh those are got to be like 45 what's the 50? 690 enduro go for um 12 yeah pardon me but this is very interesting this has got more power yeah this weighs less 
granted, like I think the 690 you see, Enduro you start, is more of a long range. Yeah, yeah that's your BDR bike. Yeah. And I'm sure at some point they're going to create one with lights. This looks like the only one they're showing so far. It's sort of a motocross looking one. So there's probably going to be an Enduro version with at least, maybe if it's not platable, at least it's got lights on it. Well, part of it, the reason they're doing that because you sidestep so much headache with getting something road legal. Yes. Whereas like you can just build this. This is this is under the same laws as like a Lego toy set. Yeah. You know, like it's just like uh, Well, I think I think for the Enduro crowd, you don't need to make it road legal, just have Oh, put a light on it. A headlight on a tail yeah, light. Yeah, you it. just need a twelve volt system that they That's can it. hook into. Yeah. Super intrigued by this. I think this is probably one my favorite story you've put up in the last week. It got a lot of traffic. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, yeah, I'm not the only one here. All these, all these stories actually got a lot of traffic and were surprising, uh, including uh, California banning gas power generators starting in 2028, which is just kind of like to round out this conversation of where we're headed. As if I pulled that number out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of different. 2030 is a big one for the automotive industry. Um, in terms of electrification and, and a lot right. of goals to reduce carbon dioxide emissions and to get electrified and to have like certain numbers and vehicle <laughs> sales. Um, there's a lot of countries that are hoping to have electric only sales by 2030, which eight years away. You know, you know, As eight years from down. now sounds like a long time, but just to put things into perspective, I have lived here for n almost seven years. Me too. And that just was like that. It goes by like nothing. It's nothing. That's a Coda Kitty lifespan. That is, I mean, at least half of her lifespan. She's six. So, yeah. It's interesting. Um, so, California, interesting statistic on how much emissions, like these small, they're small displacement motors is what they're calling them, small displacement off-road motors. And what they're really talking about is like leaf blowers, lawn mowers, and then generators kind of fall under this as yeah. well. Things that are not necessarily muffled and don't have really any real emissions it just spits out yeah well as someone that's had to listen to a harbor freight generator <laughs> rattle on into the night uh, i can appreciate certain elements uh -huh. of this of this <laughs> law and it and it is interesting because car regulation has been so aggressive and this is an area where we really haven't been regulating at all so yeah. uh this is at least according to carb the california air resources california air resources board mm -hmm. one hour of use of a let's say a leaf blower is equal to 1,100 miles of driving a passenger car. That's crazy. Right? You know, so that's like a 18-hour drive in a yeah. car or whatever it is. Wait, so if we're not going to be having gas-powered generators, how are we going to be generating power? Well, that's interesting. Hydrogen. I mean, there's hydrogen's an option. <laughs> um, well, all this is banning is the sale of new units. Yeah. It's not banning. And... Uh, leaf blowers and lawnmowers are getting hit in 2024. Generators have another four years. And I have seen for sale electric-based generators that are like you either charge them on a solar or you just plug them in or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it's a giant portable battery. Yeah. And I've thought about that. I'm like, man, that'd be great for the racetrack because I, I fucking hate listening to generators. It's my on. least favorite noise in the world. And when I do the math on like how many kilowatt hours I need per day, like they're not even close because like I think a lot of the ones on the market now are like two kilowatt hours and i'm like oh i need like 15 or something yeah so there is a gap there that needs to be figured out and i don't have an answer for you per se um i think the focus of this law is really to get like landscapers and and home gardeners mm -hmm. to use cleaner things and 
my neighbor has an electric lawnmower that I've actually used. It's <laughs> battery operated. It's actually pretty cool. Wait, what lawn are you mowing? The little landing strip that's outside my house. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like a pair of scissors. Just, I think it's gonna be hard for like professionals because it's not just like, oh, I use it for an hour and then I'm done. It's like, yeah, no, you're using it all day long, eight hour a day, ten hour a day. You need eight hours of battery power, uh-huh. basically. Um, and I don't know. I honestly don't know if the the market's there for it yet. I mean, I know like you see like Ryobi and Dewalt have some of these systems where you plug in like four of their battery packs and it does a thing, but I have yet to see like an integrated solution. Again, if dry state becomes a thing, I think it'll probably simplify their lives as well because you'll have oh, a longer. For sure. For sure. Like uh, solid state. Or sorry, yeah. Solid state is going to be a game changer for everything. Yep. You know, that's that's a pretty big leap in the technology. Is it going to, I don't think it's going to allow electric planes or electric boats. But definitely electric motorcycles, electric power tools, mm-hmm. uh, heavy-duty power tools. Um, it's interesting. Interesting to see California pushing this. Um, obviously, a state that's very forward-focused on on things like this. CARB is a big uh, pushing factor for emissions in vehicles. Um, you know, I think there's going to be some interesting things that come from this they're pledging 30 million dollars to help transition businesses to this so there's some money that'll be available but like you said like i don't know what the actual hardware solution is i don't know what the uh that change is going to be secondhand uh leaf blowers are going to be going up in price (laughs) i'll tell you that (laughs) i was about to say the same thing all these leaf blowers and chainsaws are about to go up in value well it's funny too because like there's you know like not a lot stopping someone from going over to Nevada or Arizona or Oregon and buying something no. <laughs> gas powered and bringing no. it back. Um, but I generally am for stricter emission laws. I think we need to get off petrol powered things and be electric. I don't fear the electric motorcycle. I really enjoy riding them. I say that as someone that really enjoys his gas powered V twin, you know, street <laughs> fighter in, in the garage. Like, I get it. I get it. But, um, there are some things where like i feel like there's gonna be growing pains there's gonna be some growing pains on this i think the future is going to be your daily commuter vehicles are going to be likely zero emission or very close to that and things like the hot rod v-twin street fighter and your nova with the big 454 motor in it all that shit is just going to be a fun side thing and I think in the long run, if they can make it where majority of the commuters are zero emission, then all the little fun things on the side, they probably aren't going to be scoffing at so much because you will have sort of turned a table a little bit, I think. I think you're right. It's going to be like horses, right? At one point, horses <laughs> were the main mode of transportation mm-hmm. and then cars replaced them. And now horses are this hobby, albeit a very expensive hobby, but a hobby. I have heard that argument from other people in this industry. And I don't think you're wrong per se. And that's where like the synthetic fuel kind of comes into where it's mm-hmm. like there's always going to be some sort of hobbyist market that wants to have a V8 motor and a manual transmission and right. a foot clutch and blah, 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 blah. And motorcyclists will have their same thing. And to keep them going in the future, you'll probably have to buy a synthetic fuel that costs 20 to $40 a gallon. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be your exp- that's your expensive hobby yep. that you get to go do, and only because it's people, so expensive, you're not going to be out there just yeah burning away. rubber all day with it. Yeah, it'll be like I'm going to go do like like that's exactly what my Kramer is to me. Where like I look at that, I'm like I buy oh I'm in between fuels. I haven't decided what I'm running yet, but 
it's twenty dollars a gallon thereabouts, yep. <laughs> and that's just that's what it costs to do that thing that I like to do. That's my recreation. I don't commute on it. I don't even go pleasure riding on it. It's a very specific. Like I only use this for racing, mm-hmm. and that's this is what it costs me to do a day of that. <laughs> and like, yeah, I think you're onto something there. Um, not to say there isn't going to be new and different ways of having fun. There's always new and different ways. But that um, market's going to get a lot smaller. I mean, like, think about how prevalent horses were at a point in time where, right. like, everyone kind of had a horse. Yeah, you had to if you were going to get anywhere more than you had to walk. And now, like, the only person I know that has a horse is Crazy Horse Lady Faye. She, but she's so nice. She's super nice. She's the nicest. I'm a big fan of Faye. She's, Faye's great. But she's a crazy horse lady. I think all horse people are crazy horse people. That's true, too. That's fair. It's <laughs> totally fair. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, like crazy. I mean, is this our last show for the year? I think so. Is it? I didn't do the math. Probably. It is. Right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. When's the new year? Uh, new year's a Friday. Next Friday Eve is for New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, this is our last episode of the it year. Is. So interesting to have this kind of conversation as we transition out of yeah. 2021. Yeah. Weird. May you live in interesting times. Don't we, though? Hey, speaking of really interesting things, this is real pretty. You like that? The Norton? I like that a lot. That's the VRCR. That no, is a, v, V4CR. Sorry. That is a very, very pretty bike. The question is, will people actually get one? Uh, I have faith I, mean, I don't mean like, will people buy one? Like, people, can they get one? Because their well, super bike was like this whole hubbub about how people put money on there and they couldn't really get their hands on it afterwards. So there's a lot There's a lot going on there. For, for First of all, that bike's a prototype. No actual confirmation that it'll be a it's production so bike. pretty. But it... It, it will be a production bike. The other part that's interesting is Norton got bought out by TVS this year. So there was like Norton Motorcycles under Stuart Gardner, and that just turned into a giant mess of mm-hmm. like basically they used the pension funds from their employees to to pay the bills and like they went through a bankruptcy and it's a bunch of scandal and that stuff. You know, white collar crimes. Getting lit- litigated and I don't need to touch that with a 10-foot pole. TVS comes in, Indian company, buys Norton, has since reinvested a ton of capital into their production and headquarters facility, came in and looked at their V4 Superbike project and was like, this is a mess, mm-hmm. re-engineered some stuff, comes back out with like 30 horsepower less and like 300, 400, like a bunch of revs are missing. Hmm. And now they call it the V4 SV. Is that still an Aprilia power plant? Or no, no, it's their own. It's a 1200cc, 72-degree wow. V4. Doing this off the top of my head. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're doing good. Uh, um, it checks out. And now they're releasing this, this cafe racer. I have a lot of faith that both of these bikes will be bikes that people can buy. Mm-hmm. I don't have a tremendous amount of faith that us as Americans will be able to get one. I haven't seen a Norton dealership in America in ages. No. Um, and that's been an issue because it's like a coach brand here. They're gonna have to start it all over again because the a lot of the Norton dealers that I knew had tons of issues getting their Nortons and servicing them, and it was it was that that ownership of Norton issues. And so I think you're gonna have to rebuild that dealer network from the ground up. And it just doesn't. It wasn't big in the U.S. to begin with. And yeah, it certainly I don't think the words now. Norton and dealer network ever really go together. Not in the U.S. It's it's a collector's hobbyist brand that you get to have one and say, look at it. It's pretty. I don't even remember what the price was. They're not cheap, but they're not incredibly expensive. Well, I thought the Superbike was in the $40,000 range. There's two trim levels, and I'm trying to remember what they were. 
if I hit the inquire button. One's called whoa, the other one's called ooh. I don't even know if they're talking price anymore. Sir, if you have to ask. Yeah, right. Perhaps buy a Ducati. <laughs> I don't think it's that crazy. I want to say like <laughs> the first Trimble was like 20 and the second Trimble was 40 or something like that. It's like under 40. Ah, oh, pish posh, nothing. Nothing. Piece of cake. I could be wrong. There's probably someone yelling out the radio right now. That is, I, I think the V4CR prototype is just quintessentially motorcycle. Like it's just this very pretty roadster that looks like it could probably catch looks, your hair on fire looks very good in the silver very good in looks silver. very good in the silver. especially with that distressed orange burnt orange seat mm-hmm. on it i like to see one in person i feel like that's one of those bikes that photographs really well and maybe doesn't look the same. maybe have the same maybe. luster in person maybe um so we'll see I, I i'm excited for the norton brand to finally have like stable footing yeah i'd love to see them get big and actually do a thing there was a time there was a point in time when, like norton was talking about doing like a motor gp project and everyone's like really like you slow, guys like slow it up y'all slow your roll but there's some interesting like ideas that have percolated in that in that company that i, just, I, like I gotta to say see. i love the use of what i imagine to be kind of an older school oz racing five spoke forged aluminum wheel yeah it looks great I it, love it looks wheels. great on it and then same with the sc project style exhaust that they've used in this uh rendering that there's no way that thing has ever seen the inside of a homologation oh, <laughs> hell document. No. I don't see any kind of muffling here. Well, it's just, just like a megaphone. Pipes. Just a megaphone. But you know, it's a pretty picture. I would put this up on my wall. It's very pretty yeah. to look at. No, I think it's fair to bring it up. It is it is very interesting and noteworthy. So with that, sir, I think um I think I'm 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 tapped out. Are you? That's all I got. Any plans aside from riding a multistrada next week? I'm going to do a little holiday goodness. Maybe Wait, are you gone? When do you leave? Uh, you want me to say on air when my house is going to be vacant? Yeah, so everybody knows. <laughs> the only reason I ask is this, because I'm hoping you're going to skip out on this crazy weather we're about to have here. I was actually going to ask you if you could take me, do the airport run for me. Probably. <laughs> um, I'm not quite, well, we'll talk offline. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'll edit a lot of this out. Um, What's yeah. your address again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the front password code is. <laughs> you have a code? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I was looking, I think I'm okay going, but coming back, it's like full on snow. So it says next week, the low is 10 degrees. Why? Well, I didn't see. I saw 20. Go, go to dark weather. If you use that dark, dark skies, dark skies. Yeah. Dark weather, dark weather. That sounds fucking <laughs> It's scary. the most metal weather system ever. <laughs> <laughs> when does that album drop? <laughs> so yeah, no, I'll be riding a Pikes Peak. I'll be doing the holiday thing. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be getting my my Yule tied on. I get to see Mama B. Mama B, you give Mama B a big hug for me. I certainly will. Um, we've gotten a lot of great mail on webraptalk at gmail.com, which please keep them coming. Um, I'm getting a lot of dad jokes, which I love to death. <laughs> we got a <laughs> ton of. Do you listen to the last episode where I just edited that that bad that uh, dad joke so hard? Oh, yeah. That's I literally diff- I just faded you out. You're just like da da da, and then if you go to the draft, what do you call it? Draft of the dream. <laughs> and then it comes Welcome back. To my life, I'm just people. gonna edit all get, that out. <laughs> Welcome to my life. I just get edited out. <laughs> I got final cut, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Dick move. Um. So I'm loving all the emails because we got a ton of great replies to the "What kind of a biker are you?" Mm-hmm which was awesome to read that. Uh, had a lot of people tell us that, you know, they, they really enjoy listening to us banter and going back and forth and talking about things. Uh, we had a specific uh, gentleman, Terrence, who wrote to us and just awesome email, man. I really, really dug reading it. He sent us pictures of his motorcycles uh, wrapped up in Christmas lights. 
Oh, 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 yes. Which is super- I've talked to this gentleman before. Did you? Yeah. Super cool. I really love reading it. It made me smile ear to ear. And it was just really, really neat to see that he has this cool tradition that he created. Yeah. And he really enjoys doing it. And and uh, even said, you know, he gave you credit for pointing out motorcycles that are aspirational, irrational purchases. And last December, he did the thing and bought the 999. Boom. So- Big fan of that. I think it's amazing. Keep the emails coming. WeBraptalk at gmail.com. I hope everybody has an amazing holiday season. Be safe. Go riding if you can. Uh, if it's snowing, maybe throw some studs on your tires and be a, be a hooligan like a couple of our friends here are and take some pictures and send those to us because I want a good laugh. Hopefully not at your expense. Um, you, sir, have fun riding that Multistrada Pikes Peak. Will do. Put it through its paces. Will do. Do a couple of wheelies will do on accident probably probably on accident just put it in sport mode and just <laughs> go ham <laughs> understand all my wheelies are on accident <laughs> but they've been looking really like like some good looking accidents that can, v2 street fighter I accident can replicate was nice accidents that doesn't make it on purpose <laughs> it's just a whole ship moment there's a little bit of panic when he wheelies there's one um there's one from the panigale r launch from coda scott jones took the photo and it looks like I'm like trying to do like a fancy wheelie with my leg off the foot peg. No, 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 no. My foot slipped. <laughs> I was shitting my pants is what was happening, Scott Jones. <laughs> it's a fun game of like on accident or on purpose. Oh my Always God. That's a, that's a great game. Always on accident. Uh, we'll find out next week which bike I land on. Oh, really? Okay. I think so. Oh, man. I got to influence this. I got to talk to some people. Got it. We got to. <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you that that burly 1200 monster oh, r is goodness. calling my name but that v4s street fighter is just like hey jackass we've been it's, talking about this i'll be happy with whatever you get i'll just love your choice more if it's a street fighter <laughs> spoken like a true friend uh eat lots of good food tell us all about it follow us on instagram at brap talk twitter at we brap talk facebook brap talk motorcycle podcast Again, email us at webraptalk at gmail.com. Keep those dad jokes coming. I really dig them. Don't Maybe listen not. to Jensen. Don't Maybe listen. not. Don't Maybe listen don't to do him. Those. He's not always right, guys. You don't have to listen to him. Um, and then on that note, safety third. Good talk. See you good out talk. there. Happy holidays. Stay safe. Make good choices. Talk to you in the new year. Okay, bye. Bye. Huh? I almost didn't hit record.